Welcome to 10.5, the official podcast of the OPP Association. I'm Josh Jutras. And I'm Scott Mills. We are the Strategic Communications Coordinators for the Ontario Provincial Police Association. The OPP Association is the sole bargaining agent for the close to 10,000 uniform and civilian members of the OPP. We also serve the interests of our retired members and their families. The goal of our podcast is to get the word out to our members and any member of the public about issues that affect policing in Ontario and in particular issues that impact the careers and lives of our OPP Association members. And on this episode, we continue our conversation on staffing in the OPP with OPP Association Director Jason Cull. There's this thing about targets. Um, It's another issue that comes up uh, when we were talking with you leading up to this, uh, recording this episode. And at a glance, having a staffing target in a particular area uh, would be a good thing. But you've described this as structurally broken in our uh, in our talks here. And I just wondered if you could explain why. Well, I, I think we've moved that uh, yardstick a bit with the OPP because uh, years years past, we, we didn't behave like a, a municipal department. And I'm, what I mean by that, and, and respectfully, is, you know, my brother works for a municipal department. You can put up, the, I call it the umbrella. And I know, Scott, you're with Toronto. You can put up the umbrella and within the city and, you you, you know, you can you can find the resources within the city. I'm going I'm going back to the OPP. We're a huge organization, and it's a struggle uh, to to get minimums. Although I will give the new commissioner uh, some credit. It's been a uh, it's awesome that he's come over and he's kind of I think it's kind of his you know coming from from York, um, I believe, uh, talking about minimums. What do we need to be working in that community? But everything is so fluid in the OPP because we just don't put up our umbrella and, and stay within our city or community. We could be dispersed anywhere. So they've used the word instead of minimums. We've come back with targets. And what I mean by targets is, and maybe this is good for the members to hear this. I, I get staffing forms every day from members saying, hey, we didn't meet our target here today. I think I got three today alone. And, you know, it's a Sunday night. Uh, target may have been 12. Uh, but the, the target went down to seven. I'm not saying Sunday night on a summer weekend is is, uh, is bad because people come back from their camps in today's COVID world and driving home and impaired. But the, the target is, is what is reasonable going into a weekend. So let's go back to that same detachment should have 12. It's, fr- it's Friday. It's a long weekend. We only have two of them in the summer. Should you have anybody less than 12 working in that area? Probably not. That's what the bosses have said. 12 is reasonable. Do we get seven? Do we get six? Absolutely. You can see more of those on a Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, which go back. Again, I'm not a doctor. I haven't wrote a book. Um, you know, you can't predict when policing is going to occur, but we just know where the calls are, right? And that is usually, you know, a Thursday through a Sunday afternoon. That's where our calls increase. And, um, you know, so we, so we have certain targets. And I, myself, and Director Dave Dubé, who's secondary to me on staffing, We've sat down with all the uh, regions, regional commanders, along with the HSD command, and we've kind of found a common ground, uh, a line in the sand. You know, it's Friday night, um, let's go next weekend. Um, It's uh, August long. Should you be less than 12 in that area when everyone's going to camps and stuff? So I I think we've moved that yardstick with the OPP. Would we like to see minimums? 
like I said, you got to be careful what you wish for there too, because you go with, uh, you know, drop dead minimums all the time. There's members wellness. We have credits as well. We have vacation time. We have a, a staff bank, just like any other profession. So um, be careful what, what road we go down, but we have implemented targets. And I, I like it. I, I think it just needs a little bit more tweaking and uh, we just need bodies. We need bodies and we'll make those targets in all 72 clustered detachments within the province. Jason, uh, this is specifically for our members. Um, if our members are experiencing a staffing shortage issue and they would like to uh, bring it to your attention, what should the member do? Well, uh, Scott, we have a couple, well, a few mechanisms in place. First of all, you go to our website, which it's being revamped right now, but our website will explain to you. You can actually get it on your iPhone where you can actually download the form as you're sitting in your work vehicle or detachment and actually fill it out online. Those get immediately, I get them within, I'd say 90 seconds. Uh, and members know that out there that I answer sometimes right away. So you can do that. There's also, when you when you dial our 1-800 number, and I don't really want to say it on the air in case we have some people that are not police officers listening to this, you got the 1-800 number that you'll get. Um, and there's a mechanism, I think it's push two or three. I should know that off the top of my head. You can leave it audio and just leave what your staffing concern is. But this, uh, and then you can drop an email as well at, uh, and I, again, the dive guy wants to send me an email to fill your boots, jcall at oppa.ca. Um, but, I guess the, the point I want to go on here is when we talked, you asked a question about targets and what they mean. And this is what I'm going to say to the member. If your target is 12 and you're at 11 on a, on a, on a Tuesday night or a Monday night, did they go below the target? Sure. If you sent me a staffing form, would I accept that form? Sure. Would you get a phone call right away? Probably not. But it's data that we're collecting to maybe later on, I hope we don't have to go down the road, but look how many times we didn't meet our targets per se, or whatever the reason we need to do the data. But what people need to know is that you walk in on a on next our next long weekend, and it's Friday, and you should have 12 on that shift, and there's only six? My God, I hope that members understand that there's a mechanism in place so we, we get that right away. Do we get action and get people in at, at that time? Uh, no, but I'll use, a, I'll use a prime example this past weekend. You know, we had two members that took a knee, took a, a, a sick time, and then uh, find out that the management says, hey, we're below our targets, way below, and they call one person in. So what we will do for the membership buys is, why didn't you call two people in if two people called in sick out of a big platoon? Why didn't you only call one? So we make the management or, or the detachment commander, usually we try to like to deal with the detachment commander, but we go back to command. And also back to, uh, we just made a commitment to uh, all those regional commanders that we sat down with targeting. I made a commitment to them that our office would be more forthcoming and not when the fire alarm is pulled that we need some, you know, we need some attention on this. So they're going to see their a pattern. If there's certain detachments that gave us 30 staffing forms over a quarter, they're going to see there's some problem spots there. So again, this comes hand in hand with us doing good business with the OPP. We're sharing some stuff with them too. So last point I want to make is any member out there that having staffing shortage, there's three mechanisms in place to, to collect that data. And again, if you don't get an answer from us, it doesn't mean we're not listening. We, we put all that together and we, we share it uh, later at the time, if need be, later on, and even in future tables and data. So I encourage everybody to do that. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about that, Scott. Well, Jason, I know, I know it's actually people are sending stuff in because we were just on a call this morning and uh, 
And uh, the person receiving all that information said that she had six today. So please send that information in. Well, Jason, your uh, your commentary there brings up this whole issue about staffing through overtime hours. You know, it's it's expensive. Uh, I know younger officers many times they're just not into taking extra shifts these days. Uh, there's a lot of uh, members that are looking for, and rightfully so, they're looking for a, a proper work-life balance. And, um, you know, trying to staff through overtimes means shifts going unfilled. Can you comment on that? Yeah, I totally bang on as far as that is a huge pressure um, that the both the bosses and us on the association, we get that theme every day. And I'll, I'll go back to my own career in the early 90s. You know, I'm just going to say it. Coppers weren't paid that much. Why? I, my family, they were all, you know, some of them were loggers working in the bush. They were making, for, and they worked hard. Don't get me wrong. But we were, I'd always make fun of my dad because he's making so much money. And I was doing this in Geraldton. And, but policing, and I'll credit to the Mike Harris government. They came in and, and they treated us well. And we, we got the raises. And I think we have a fair wage for our responsibility. And I don't want to go off on a tangent on what our responsibility is, but I think everyone knows there's not too many professions out there that have a split-second decision before using lethal force. And we all know the repercussions of that, which, you know, it, it, it's tough on, on some of our members. So I think we're finally getting paid for the responsibility that we have at Frontline, carrying a gun, and trying to keep everybody safe, and including going home at night to your families. So here we are now uh, in today's world. And again, people look it up. They bug us all the time. Uh, pay your salaries or, or whatever. Um, you know, we're, we're, in a, we're in the six digits now uh, it's, uh, after three years. It's, it's given. So that's good money. So those uh, younger, not, not necessarily younger officers, that's not right for me to say that, but all of our members are getting paid well. Now they want to spend some time with their family because we're going harder now these days. We're doing more calls for service. We've got more. There's, you know, I'm not even going to go down the stat can road, talk about violent crime, how that's increased in the last five years. Mental health calls are in the 30s or 40%. There are some complicated calls out there. So you need time off. So do you really want to get that phone call because you're not making 50 grand a year now to come in and work extra overtime so you can pay the bills, take your kids to hockey? No, members are refusing the overtime. And so that comes with a, a pressure. And a lot of those members are when, again, we have sick banks. We got, we, sometimes we have to take a knee. We don't need to take a knee for months. We may just have to take that shift off. So when, when you go below your target, and it's a Friday night and two people called in sick because of whatever is going on, let alone the, uh, you know, the COVID-19 that's going on. People are, are not coming to work on, on call-outs anymore, especially the last minute. We even have our bosses, our command staff that have listened to the association. Hey, can you, pre, can you post that earlier, a couple of weeks before? And members are just not signing up for those calls anymore the way it was years past. So that is another pressure. So that comes back to making sure those platoons... And there is, there is a leave formula out there. Again, I know it should come from the OPP, but I think it's in every profession. The leaves are, have been regulated or mandated from the province. And all kinds of leaves have come in in the last 20 years. That comes with a cost. If, if you have parental leave, if you have the maternity leave, if you have um, you know, um, some of these sick leaves, if you have an accommodation, those are specific leaves for different reasons that's been legislated that comes with a cost 
and I don't think our governments have done well enough to pay for those costs, for those leaves that they implemented. And they just went to our commissioner's, uh, commissioner's command team and say, hey, you figure those out, leaves out within your budget. And I just think we're at a, a, a boiling point or breaking point where we can't fund all that stuff anymore. So Jason, I want to switch gears and I actually want to go down that road of leaves and the pressure that they're putting on the OPP from a frontline staffing perspective. Can you elaborate on what that current situation looks like and what the solution here is? And I know you've touched on it. You know, it is largely a budgetary thing, but are there any other solutions out there to address that? Yeah, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of talk on 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 trying to, you know, uh, I'll just say it because uh, I know it's probably one of your questions later on. Supplementing some of our duties uh, as far as civilianization, uh, and I just I know I opened that can of worms, but I know you're gonna you're gonna go down that road anyway with me. There is a lot of talk about civilianization, and some of that civilianization probably needs to take place, but at a, at a certain point where there again we'll go back to the line in the sand where. When, when do you want a police officer and when do you want someone that's not carrying all those use of force so that if that call gets escalated or if something happens, you have a police officer that has all the tools uh, on their body to take care of that call. So um, that, that's one mechanism that I think the governments and, and different uh, chiefs of police are looking at. You know, I'll, I just know this. Again, I'm not an expert at this. You probably have to go to some of my other board members, uh, the special constable uh, discussions. Um, that, that is, and we're trying to find a balance with all the police associations and the government. Well, Jason, um, I, I promise you I was coming back to this, uh, this issue with the, uh, you know, being off uh, with, uh, you know, a leave, uh, with how, how you've described it. You know, that could be anything from, uh, you know, post-traumatic uh, stress issue, otherwise known as an operational stress injury, uh, Officers could be off on uh, WSIB or our dispatchers or civilians could be off on WSIB. That creates obviously a void in staffing levels. And, uh, you know, our, our members are out there risking their lives on a daily basis. Uh, they've got public oversight and scrutiny at every corner. Uh, there's a cost, uh, and I can speak to you personally about, you know, 30 years in this job myself. There's a cost of 30 years in this job. I got to ask you this question because it comes up kind of on the other side of it. I know how I would answer this question, but I'm going to throw it out there to you. Uh, I've heard this coming our way. Uh, has the police associations in general or the OPP association helped created its own problem here with staffing? And by that, I mean, uh, with our with our work on enhancements to leaves for members off on operational stress injuries, for example. Uh, recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, the Ontario Association of Chiefs of Police put out a news release wanting to roll back many provisions around uh, WSIB, which is workers' compensation leaves, uh, and they want the ability to even terminate employment in some cases. It's created a huge backlash on social media. Uh, for sure. Uh, the Police Association of Ontario has uh, spoken up uh, quite loudly about this. Is this the answer here, Jason? Oh, absolutely not. It came back to a leave being brought uh, through, uh, I think, by the uh, previous government and not understanding the cost associated with approving that leave. Like I said before, we have some, or maybe I didn't say, but I want to say there's some 
a few bad apples in any profession. So we have a few bad apples, and this is why we need uh, you know our professional standards uh, branch, and we have SIU because sometimes we're trying to get rid of the bad apples. That doesn't mean that the other 99% of us are bad. We're all there for all the right reasons. So you've got to have some of that regulations there. I get it. Same as this. When we brought in the presumptive legislation, it was for, uh, you know, again, I'm just going to use my own career, Scott. 30 years on this job, did TTCI for seven years. I say I did 40 fatals or 40 accidents. That's fine. That That's all cumulative. I've done some calls i've had people in my back seat that had handguns uh hidden and they wanted to put a bullet in the back of your head i've had those calls and as you get older those calls um you you, you sleep maybe i'm diagnosed with ptsd i don't know i think we all at one point in time have it but so i give 30 years to this province so because we may have a couple bad apples that may abuse uh, the, the legislation that's brought forward you got to punish the person that had 22 years on, 24 years on, seen a lot of things in that, in that, you know, identification, sir, forensic people, they see a lot of stuff. So now you're, uh, you know, there's going to be time limits put on PT. You better get well there, Jay. I know you took a knee, but you only got uh, three months to figure your, your stuff out. Otherwise, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to terminate you or downgrade you or you're going to have to find something else. I just think they cannot draw, draw a line in the sand like that. And I think that's why the associations have taken offense to this. Yes, we have a little bit of abuse going on, but figure out something else instead of trying to roll all that back and go back to where we were, because I don't think it's appropriate. Stay tuned for our next episode, dropping next Friday, where we conclude our staffing conversation with OPP Association Director Jason Cull. All episodes are always available on our blog at oppa.ca slash media. And if you like what you hear, please use the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. For Scott Mills, I'm Josh Jutris, and from everyone here at the OPP Association, thank you for listening, and be safe.